Hi guys, this is Jess. Uh, I know I normally don't do an opening note at the start of an episode, uh, but this week it felt incredibly important. Uh, So what you're about to hear is my chat with Mariah Smallbone. Uh, She's incredible and we had a great interview, but we did actually record this interview before the events of the last couple of weeks happened uh, where we lost George Floyd and when riots started happening across the US and protests started happening across the world. Now I know that racial discrimination and brutality aren't new, uh, but they've definitely come to light, especially in the public landscape and in the media in the last couple of weeks and given that we can't not address it. So while this episode doesn't mention any of that or any of those current events, um, I just want to make you guys aware that we are listening and we are here and we want to better support our brothers and sisters who are black and indigenous and people of colour and we stand beside them in this moment. We are currently working on an episode uh, where we will be where we will discuss the Black Lives Matter movement broadly, but we'll chat to someone about their story and their thoughts and uh, really be led by them through this to get their perspective. I think we find we find common ground when we hear each other's stories and in this time in the world, uh, we need to find common grounds by stopping and listening to our friends and our neighbours and the people in our community who have been silence for way way too long Uh, so as I said while this episode isn't directly related to those events we don't directly talk about race or anything like that please be aware that the between you and me family our team is working on an episode dedicated to that um, and we will get that out to you as soon as we can we know that in the meantime like minute by minute day by day time is so crucial right now and there's a lot going on and there's a lot of content out there Uh, so please don't just wait for that episode. We would love for you to engage with it, but there is still so much that you can do and learn from. In the meantime, our friend Sarah Gerald uh, recently did an Instagram live chat with Natalie Grant and Bernie Helms, which you can check out. Just go to her Instagram at Gerald Sarah or check out Natalie Grant's Instagram. Um, I would also super encourage you to check out Carlos Whitaker's Instagram. He's at Lost Wheat, L-O-S-W-H-I-T. Uh, he has had some really good insights and he recently did an interview Instagram live with the journalist Jonathan Merritt where he talked about politics um, and that was probably the most insightful interview I've heard in a long long time so check those out. I'll have them in the show notes for you as well. If you are one of our black brothers and sisters who is part of our family or as a new member to the Between You and Me family, we stand beside you. We love you. We see you. We know that we need to do more than just say words or post a black square, that we need to choose to love and listen and advocate and catch people up in conversations and petition and march and all those things. We are working towards doing that better for you. And I'm hoping that the episode we have coming up in the next week or so will be the start of that. Uh, For my friends who are Caucasian like me or anyone else, you can also go back and hear some of our great episodes with our friends um, who are in the Black, Indigenous and People of Colour community. We have some incredible guests and musicians on. By hearing their stories and hearing their music, you and we get to meet people where they are at 
and get to know the gem and the gold and and everything inside of them. Um, so if you want to start getting to know people better who are different to you and perhaps you haven't, then go and check out some of our past episodes. Uh, episode 8 with our friend Sarah, like I said before, Sarah Gerald and Dee Swan. You can check out uh, episode 10 where we talk to Cy and I or Jermaine Lamore, who is a hip-hop artist, talks a bit about that culture. We have our friend Gustavo Guerrero uh, in episode 9, who talks a bit about immigration. And then you'll also find uh, gospel worship singer Onaji Jefferson from Israel and Newbreed. As well as more recently, we talked to DJ Match uh, from Toby Max Diversity Band about mental health. And even last episode, we had our friend Jay Blake White talk all about gospel music. So there's a whole lot there for you to start with. Uh, so that's all I have before we enter this new episode with Mariah Smallbone. I hope you guys really do enjoy this one. We, we talk about not just femininity, but like owning your space and the rise of women in Christian music and what equality between men and women actually looks like. It's really powerful and I'm really excited for the episode. Um, so I hope you enjoy it and please remember you can find all the show notes from what we just discussed and what's coming up right now in your podcast host or on our website at betweenyouandmepod.com. Until then, I hope you enjoy this episode and I am with you. You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Brought to you by JesusWire.com with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 54 of the Between You and Me podcast. The podcast where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jess Morris and today we have one of Christian Music's coolest and most accomplished lead ladies from the thousands. I'm talking about Mariah Smallbone. Now you may know Mariah from her work back in the day as Mariah Peters. As a story goes, she auditioned for American Idol. She was told that she didn't fit the mold. And so she decided to continue to pursue Christian music and has since really established herself as a leading presence in the Nashville Christian music scene as uh, an empowered female voice in the Christian music industry and as someone who is open to being vulnerable and to really working hard on establishing a super healthy marriage with her husband Joel Smallbone. So I was so excited when I reached out to Mariah's management and said could we talk? Would she be up for that? And you know what they said? Yes, and it was great because for a few years now, Mariah has actually been part of the girl band Trella. Now this trio, Mariah being the lead singer, they sing about things like abuse and masculinity and, and suicide. Really important topics. So I reached out to say, would you be open to talking about Trella and your journey? Only to find out that Mariah is back in the studio recording her own solo music. This is like her first solo music that she's working on since 2014. A lot can happen in six years. In that time, Mariah has lived married life. She has toured with Trella. She's done so much. So I'm really excited for you guys to meet our new friends, Mariah Smallbone. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to get a feel of what it actually means to own your space. My friends, here's a short bio and then you will meet Mariah Smallbone. 
if you had to define Mariah Smallbone in one word, it would be brave. Sure, that was the title of her sophomore album in 2014, which peaked at number 9 on the Billboard Christian charts. But there's a depth to this world of musician that transcends a simple title. As a 13-year-old, the California and Ontario-raised Mariah began songwriting and was brave enough to dedicate herself to God in prayer. As a high school graduate with a 4.1 GPA, Mariah received a scholarship to California State Fullerton University with the prospect of becoming an entertainment lawyer. Instead, she was brave enough to follow a different path and pursued becoming an established Christian singer-songwriter, heavily influenced by the husky and soulful voice of Jackie Velasquez. In 2011, Mariah was brave enough to audition for American Idol, where she was told by the judges that her image was too wholesome and to get some more life experience. Yet that very same year, she was connected to Christian songwriter Wendy Foy, who helped her initiate a record deal with Reunion Records, the very same label that once boasted iconic musicians like Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith. Mariah's debut album, aptly titled I Choose Jesus, came out in 2012, and the then 20-year-old found herself living out the calling she had envisioned at just 14. The album reached 23 on the Christian Billboard charts and took a respectable 11 on the US Heatseekers charts. With momentum from this album building, Mariah would go on to tour with Mercy Me, Chris August, 10th Avenue North, Audrey Assad and The Ren Collective, and later she joined the Air One Positive Hits tour. Around this same time, Mariah took another brave step in her personal life. She was married to her fellow musician Joel Smallbone of For King and Country, and this was a catalyst for songs like I'll Wait For You on her 2014 release Brave, which was still released under her maiden name of Mariah Peters. The lead single from this album, You Carry Me, reached 17 on the US Christian Airplay charts. In the time since she released Brave, Mariah has continued to live life with creative courage. She appeared in the 2017 film Because of Garcia, voiced a character in the VeggieTales movie Princess and the Popstar, which, as a Christian kid, all time, love that. And Mariah collaborated with Fulking Country on their 2018 single Pioneers, which is stunning. In 2019, she even sang A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes for the Disney live-action remake of Cinderella. Between Disney and VeggieTales, I'm pretty sure Mariah has reached all-time status of dreams coming true. Now, during this time, Mariah also helped form the girl band Trella, the Nashville-based trio with her friends Julia Malusi and Jessie Jones. Their first single came out in 2017 and was called Holy Collision, and it reached Apple's top 40 alternative charts, soon marking them as ones to watch with a video for their catchy song, Gotcha. Following their sassy 2019 single, Talk, 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 they toured over 200 dates in the US and Europe, and Trailer's music combined artistry with culture-shifting messages about abuse, masculinity, and mental health, leading to a partnership with Convoy of Hope. After collaborating with producer Conrad Snyder and Aqualung, they released their EP earlier this year, and the title track was written in honour of a friend of Mariah's who took their own life. Throughout the last decade, Mariah has also established herself as a fashion icon and became an editor for her own online webzine named Lead Lady, where she celebrates unsung female heroes in the workforce and females who celebrate hope. In 2020, Mariah has returned to her roots and is back in the studio. I spoke to her about what it means to be a lead lady in life, while female empowerment celebrates equality with men, and why she needed to isolate herself and find solace before lockdown even began. My friends, meet a force of nature. This is Mariah Smallbone. Well, first I want to check in. How is isolation life in, in Nashville after... <laughs> 
tornadoes and everything. Yeah, I mean, Nashville's taken quite the beating the past couple of months, but there's this mural that you'll see around the city and it says Nashville strong. And I feel like that phrase has never been more accurate. I mean, everyone has really risen up, come together. Everyone's been very generous to one another. We have neighbors offering to give supplies to neighbors and go on grocery runs. And it's the generosity of Tennessee is beautiful. I guess that's why they call it the volunteer state. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I um, I lived in Nashville for a little while. So when I saw everything happening over there, I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. You um, lived so in Nashville. That's so cool. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> I'm in Australia at the moment, but it was pretty good. Yes. Um, um, so I heard that you were going back into the studio to record your own solo music, mm. um, which is very exciting. It's mm. been about, about five years since your last album. Mm-hmm. Um, what prompted you to go back and do some solo work after you've been with Trailer for a few years now? Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's funny. It's the first time I've ever gotten that question in almost a statement form. I, I, I've not really um, officially decided to to put out solo music, um, but I have kind of stepped into this really interesting phase of writing where I'm doing it completely on my own um, and I'm loving every moment of it. And I think part of the joy of it is actually doing it for myself in a lot of ways. I think sometimes when you are an artist and you're constantly pumping out content for people other than yourself, um, it can just, it can get a bit exhausting, um, whether it's for a fan base or for the musicians that you're working with or your inner circle or your partners. Um, sometimes it's important to have a refresher and to just go away. And honestly, the the quarantine happened after I had already gone into isolation. <laughs> January 1st, I, I decided to, to uh, kick off my, my writing experience by going to a cabin up in the mountains in Tennessee. And um, since January 1st, I have just been plugging away. I've been a sponge. I've absorbed so much, but I also feel like I've been wrung out. Like I I've, I've dove into production and songwriting in ways that I never have in the past. And it's really weird to say that after a decade of being a recording artist, that this is the very first time that I have written and produced my own songs. I I can't believe it's taken this long, but (laughs) here we are. Yeah. No, that's it's still really cool though, and such. Even though it's like a natural step and evolution in your own creativity, it's a really brave one. F- sorry, I didn't mean to make that pun, but it's it's a really great mm. brave step as well in in taking that and sort of letting letting your creativity and imagination fly and just seeing seeing what you can create out of it. Mm, thank you for saying that. I I really received that. It. I think. One of the most courageous things anyone can do is be alone and accept who you are. And that's not just with music uh, or as an artist, that's just 
anyone in any place, if you have the strength that it takes to sit down with yourself and love who you are, love who you've been created to be. And, you know, for me, take that one step further and express that in the form of music. It it definitely takes a lot of um, facing your own demons, if you will. You got an appetite for breaking boundaries, pushing our playground rules, it's elementary. I'm still your alibi, we got that secret code, I-L-Y-L-A-S, no matter where you go. that you're creating now for whatever it looks like in the future and whatever shape it takes um how how is the mariah that is sharing her story now different to the mariah that recorded brave or mm. five or six years ago mm-hmm. oh that's a great question i think i'm still learning <laughs> i'm still learning the answer to that question myself but um i think i think the one of the biggest things that is different now versus five years ago. And you would hope that this would be the case in any situation. You know, I I hope that I can say in five years from now that I look back and I'm like, oh, I've learned a lot. Um, But I, I genuinely have learned a lot about myself and about others. And Um, A lot of the learning I've experienced has come in the form of heartbreak and and pain. And it's interesting because I, I, my husband is the first guy I ever really dated. We met when I was 17. First man I fell in love with, first man I kissed, like just an amazing person. And before him, I, I didn't really date much. I didn't, I'd never been in love for sure. Um, but I, I sort of missed what a lot of people, um, have shared with me. It can be a a painful season of heartbreak when you, when you date and break up and, you know, have to deal with that broken romance and broken relationship. And, I I honestly didn't feel like I was better for it. I felt like I I might have missed uh, some of the really deep life lessons that can come from that. But <laughs> thankfully, yeah. heartbreak is uh, not limited to romance. Um, oh. You know, I I experienced heartbreak with my friendships and with a lot of my. Um, co-working relationships and, and, um, that, that was really, uh, some of the more difficult 
heartbreak I've ever experienced. And it taught me a lot about who I am, about who I'm not, more importantly. Um, and I, I think I think five years ago, I was wrestling with fears internally, um, and I I had yet to experience um, sort of the the lessons that come from external struggles. Yes, I hear that. Uh, where is the line for you between being vulnerable and like sharing your story and and your struggles? In in music and like a creative outlet that other people can and can hear it and. Um, and actually like keeping it close and sort of going, no, this this is something that at the moment is just for me and mm. something I'm still working through. Like how do you balance that? Mm, Jessica, that's such a great question. Thank you for that. Um, I, I think for me, I've learned that I really cherish, I cherish certain experiences and I also really value um, processing questions and doubts and fears and struggles through music. And so there in this season particularly have been several songs that I've written about a very specific experience. And I, I'm pretty certain that if these songs were ever <laughs> released <laughs> wi wider than just me in my room with my dog and my cat, um, mm -hmm. I, I would not get into detail about what those experiences were only because they are so personal to me. And sometimes I feel like having a specific interpretation of a song can sort of ruin <laughs> the potential to connect with it. I know for me, uh, you know, I've, I've got a favorite artist that I've had the privilege of working with before. And he wrote a song that I played at, you know, my wedding. I had sung at a friend's wedding. It's one of my favorite oh. songs. And he was like, I'm so glad you've, you've been able to connect with this song as a romantic love song, because I didn't write it about anything no. lovely. And I was like, what? And so <laughs> like, I, I, he, he never gave it away fully, but I kind of put two and two together and figured it was about a very tragic incident. And it sort of like ruined the song for me. <laughs> yes, so sometimes it's good to keep things close. I think. No one ever told me this would be easy. But I never knew that it could be this hard All the worry, the worry, the worry is weighing on me Could you help me break down all these question marks fly so we'll see how the question lands um yeah. but there's a sense that nashville for for everything that happens there it's such a small it's such a small town everyone mm -hmm. knows someone mm -hmm. um how how do you protect yourself and guard yourself um from like questions or rumors or ideas or interpretations of your music that are incorrect or correct um, mm -hmm. and sort of like stay your course, stay like, no, this is what I'm doing as Mariah. It doesn't matter what other people say for good or bad. 
Mm, yeah, well, it, I'm, that's a good question, and I'm glad you tried to land it. You landed, you landed it smoothly, <laughs> I thought. Um, I actually had a conversation with uh, an engineer I've been working with yesterday, um, and we talked about that very thing, just how Nashville is such a small community, and um, everyone is connected to someone else, especially if it's in the music industry. Um, so it, it definitely has that small town feel to it. So you have to be very careful about what you say and who you say it to. But I think that's a good general rule and as it applies to life, you know, speak only kindly of people to other people. But um as it relates to creativity and music, I think for me, being aware of what is happening on a creative level in the community around me is really important um, it, because we all play a specific role in our little worlds and how we impact our little worlds really makes drastic impacts on the wider world. So I, I think being plugged into your community is important. And for me, you know, Nashville has a really bubbling and innovative pop scene right now. And I got to really tap into that with Trala. I felt like we were able to experiment and we were challenged by the people making music around us to think bigger, to think outside the box, to push ourselves and to take risks. Um, And I think on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes I'm aware of some of the creative limitations that people feel around me. And a lot of times that comes from the top down, but oftentimes that comes from within. There's this idea that we're not allowed to take certain risks or we're not allowed to make a song that sounds like this or like that. And I know for me, I never thought that I would be producing my own music um, and it wasn't even that I thought I was incapable of it. It was that it actually never crossed my mind before. It never seemed like it was an option. And if it weren't for my husband and my manager and the people around me really pushing me to believe in myself and to experiment and to try, I wouldn't have done it. And now that I have, it's almost like the light has been switched on and I realize how many women around me are capable of producing their own songs and communicating their own ideas, um, but who just feel like they're not allowed to. So sometimes it's good to, to know that limitation so we can write ourselves a permission slip and sort of pave the way. No, and that's that's so good. And um, it is it's something that in the music industry and in the Christian music industry for so long it's been like generally um, a lot of guys and some really talented people mm. uh, and it's had to be we've had trailblazing women that have really mm. paved the way and mm. it's it's really cool now that you're you're one of them like you're stepping up and actually making that way for production so that in the future other female artists can be like oh wait Mariah did that I can do that too like it's gonna go really well um and I think that's really cool because that's not like you've sort of said it's not easy to do but it's really it's uh, a really important thing to do I feel mm. like of all that of lots of the artists that I've spoken to and the mm. female ones especially it's like no this is this is who I am and mm. learning how to embrace the wholeness of I am and um I can really hear that you're doing that 
Mm, thank you for saying that. And I'm very, very grateful. I mean, I, I feel like I can't speak to this topic without also highlighting the incredible men that I've been able to partner with along the way. Like, it, it, you know, I've spent more time with uh, my engineer these past few days than I ever have. And um, we've had a lot of conversations about this and, and I just feel so partnered with, so partnered with by him. And um, he has several times, and he's someone that I admire as a producer in general, because I've worked with him on that level before as well. Um, but to go to someone that I have immense respect for and for him to turn around and say, I see this gap in the industry that you've just spoken about, Jessica, and I I want to help you fill this gap. What can I do? What can I do to support you in this vision to make change? Because we do need balance. Um, and I, I genuinely would not be stepping into all the things that I'm stepping into if it weren't for voices like his and my husband's and my manager and my father. Like I, it's ironic that in this season, the only people that are in my circle and cheering me on are all, uh, except for my father, uh, white males. (laughs) It's wonderful. I am here. You were there lying side by side. Out of touch, out of reach in the great divide Parallel lines Ooh, ooh. Hear the rain, count the drops on the windowpane Wide awake, stalemate, why do we play this game? Oh God, I hate this from our conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high-quality royalty-free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curated playlists, new music every week, 
and more than 30,000 special effects. This is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now, back to the show. Um, I wanted to ask about your e-magazine that you have on your website, Lead Lady. Mm. Um, one, it's just a super cool publication that you've put together. <laughs> I can't imagine how much work that is. Can you, tell me, can you tell me a little bit about it and what inspired it? Yes. Uh, Lead Lady is an online newspaper for women with bold and unapologetic hope. Um, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I've just, I've traveled so much and I've met so many incredible women along the way, just in my journey of music. And I reached a point where I, I just felt like why in our culture do we give the pedestal to a very specific demographic of women who do a very specific line of work and not, and not others. Um, you know, it's, it's much easier to find interviews with artists and models and actresses. And I mean, I have nothing against any of those things that because they're each of my professions in different, in different <laughs> ways, but um, it's a lot harder to find a, a publication or a conversation with a judge or a doctor or uh, a principal or a designer. Like it's like, I don't know why there's this kind of skewed uh, ability to find real quality content from, from women. And so again, in, in, in in an aim to create balance in my, my little (laughs) ecosystem, um, I, wanted to step into a a window where I could share some of the stories and the wisdom that I've gained from women that I've met along the way. And so every newspaper has a different theme or a different genre uh, of people that that I've been able to speak to. Um, This most recent one was uh, called Sages. And I got to interview, I think, the women that are most often overlooked, yet most endowed with with wisdom, and that is women who are over the age of 60 years old. Um, so yeah, every, every woman I interviewed, whether it was someone who used to work uh, in Congress or a woman who uh, runs a one of the biggest disaster relief organizations in America, uh, or my mother-in-law. I mean, all of the women I was able to have conversations with had something so special to share. And I'm just honored that I get to pass that on to the online world. That's really cool. I, I love that vision for it too. That's, um, it's not something I'd ever thought about, but it's true. And I love, I love that you're making it accessible. That's really, really cool. Thanks. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about mental health, um, just because I know that you've talked a little bit about it in, in the past. Um, and I think in, in some capacity, please feel free to shape these words as you want. In some mm. capacity, I feel like 
Joel has probably mentioned it a little bit in press purely as inspiration for songs Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about why you were so open um, to share about your mental health journey, however that looks for you? Yeah, I mean, often when I hear the term mental health, um, I I have a very specific list of responses. You know, you you automatically think depression or suicide, um, schizophrenia. You know, some some very difficult things that that many people deal with on a day to day basis. And I think my husband has definitely taken more of um, a step into that world, be it through his songs. A lot of them, a few of them have been inspired by very specific stories in that space. But um, I think for me, I, I, I don't, I don't see it as um, such a specific, almost divisive term. I think a lot of times you can, you can believe that there are those in this world who have mental health issues and then those who don't. And I don't think that's true. I think, and maybe this is just a personal conviction of mine, but I think that everyone to a certain degree uh, deals with issues that affect them mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And uh, the more we can be aware of what we face that is unseen, the better. I mean, it's like we spend so much time on keeping up our physical health, going to the dentist, going to the gym, getting our hair done, getting our nails done. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not as popular to, to have a counselor or a therapist or um, journal consistently or meditate consistently or do breathing exercises like those are all things that kind of you don't you don't necessarily get a gold star for that kind of work and personally for the past couple of months I've spent more time in stillness and in solitude and in meditation and in that 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 liminal space that we often get to avoid with the distractions of, of daily life, but I've found so much more peace and rest because I've taken the time to do that. So if through music or content creation or an online magazine, um, we can have an opportunity to encourage those kinds of practices that happen in the secret places of our lives, um, I am all for that. I don't know what I'm up against. Could it be a disease? I don't have any enemies. What on earth could it be?
I love how you said that. That it's it's you talked when you talked about it, Millie, like being a wholeness thing. Like we all mm-hmm. have that, and we mm-hmm. we all experience things. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who lives very much in my head and has lots of thoughts going around, mm-hmm. I um I appreciate the how much effort you've put into being still mm-hmm. and to really making that happen. Um, because I know like my mum is amazing at meditation, and she's mm-hmm. like she's in, she's like, but me, I sit there and I'm like but there's 10 things to do right now. <laughs> so, um, so I can, I, I love that for you. That's been a place that your creativity has sort of really had a chance to really breathe, mm. um, which is really cool. And that you literally did it in a cabin on a mountain. Like, is there something, any more, anything more poetic than that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say the, the, the cabin was, I think five days and it was, um, it was a lot of songwriting, a lot of discovery, but the real practice has come into play in my own home. Just when I've been able to get into a rhythm of what life looks like when you're not traveling. And a lot of us have learned new practices during quarantine. And my hope is, is that the ones that have really benefited our souls can become permanent. At least I hope that for myself. (laughs) Amen. Yes. I get Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to quickly ask uh, just about marriage, knowing that um, you have a successful career, you're a businesswoman, um, and that Joel has a, a career as well. Um, how do you guys like maintain your, your marriage and like prioritize each other when you both have huge career commitments and, and mm. like fans and managers and all that sort of pressure? <laughs> yeah. There's that phrase, I don't know if you've heard it, but opposites attract. Um, <laughs> my my husband and I have both learned that for us, it's commonality that sustains. Uh, we, when we first saw each other, yeah, there was this big attraction that occurred because of the mystery of our differences, be it, you know, I was 17. He was 26. I'm this Hispanic girl from Los Angeles. He's this Aussie from down under. It's like, it's like, we're these, we come from two different worlds. Um, and so that really kind of was the spark on our relationship, but what has kept us in such good stead are all of our similarities. We are like, he is the male version of me and I often feel like the female version of him. We, we think so similarly. And, um, it's just funny because I think that when people are dating, they get nervous if they're too similar to someone. And I think that's an incredible gift. If you can find someone that you have that much in common with, I know when Joel and I were, dating, uh, we were given this book and it talks about all the different things you can have in common with someone. And there was this checklist of like 50 things. And we were able to check off everything on the list, every single thing on the list, except for temperature preference in the house, which we still battle out to this day. (laughs) Incredible. But I think I think being so similar has been a huge benefit to us, particularly in how we work together. Um, we also don't believe in being each other's supporters or cheerleaders. We believe in being one another's partners, you know, not not on the sidelines cheering each other on, but on the field playing the game together. Um, 
and and that's how we approach all of our work like when he's writing songs i'm in the studio with him giving him feedback just being available i'm helping him pick artwork and merchandise and you know a lot of times for me it's like i'm working on songs up in my studio and he'll come up and bring me lunch and sit with me and give me thoughts and we both have a really strong mutual respect for one another as artists And so the issue that we find ourselves facing more often than not is because we enjoy collaborating career-wise, we have to really be intentional about pushing the pause button, uh, putting our phones away, and kind of taking music conversation off of the table so that we can really focus on other things. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. connect with you online yes i am super active probably too active on instagram and that's at mariah smallbone m-o-r-i-a-h smallbone like the two words put together um yeah i'm on facebook and twitter as well you can send me tiktoks but i probably won't watch them because (laughs) i don't even have the app neither do i i I refuse i refuse it makes me feel really old, but I'm like, what do I do with it? I just have too many apps. I'm trying to live that minimal life. <laughs> with every end of every interview, I just threw a few quick popcorn questions um, at an artist. Normally they're questions that a fan might have for you or mm-hmm. questions that I have off the top of my head that I'm just curious about that have no context. Okay. Um, so we'll just see how we go. Ready. But my first one is... Uh, if you could perform with any musician, living or dead, who would it be and why? Stevie Wonder, because he has been probably my greatest musical inspiration. Nicely done. You can't go wrong with an answer. <laughs> um, number two, you mentioned that you have a cat and a dog before. Um, one, what are their names? Uh, the cat is Adelina. The dog is Meriwether. That's incredible. I just love animals, as you can tell. Um, what What is the wildest or most mischievous thing they've got up to in your house during isolation? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just going to say this. It didn't exactly happen during quarantine, but it's 
probably the sneakiest thing. Um, my, first of all, my dog, she's 140 pounds. She's a great Dane and she is the kindest. Yeah, she does have an Instagram. Great Dane Smallbone. Um, she is truly the kindest animal I've ever met and there is not a mischievous bone in her body. So she's done nothing but be a precious dog. Um, the cat, (laughs) the cat will kill you in your sleep if you're not careful. And she's definitely (laughs) mischievous. I think the worst thing that she's done was um, we have trained her to poop and pee in the toilet. Um, oh, so nicely done. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't use litter or anything like that. She just goes on the loo. And she um, she's she's also has an automatic feeder. So she's a very low-maintenance animal. Um, but when we were gone for a weekend, we came back home. And mind you, we've trained her to use the toilet and she has never had an accident. She has been doing it for years and she does a great job. Um, we came home after being gone for a weekend and she was so angry that we had left without having anyone come in and give her any physical affection that in protest, she pooped and peed in the shower Um, and they were like perfectly plotted out. (laughs) So it's like, she knew she was planning it all along. It was, it was very gross, but, uh, we, now we make sure people come in and check on her and give her a little rub. (laughs) Oh gosh. Cats are incredible. Yes. They're psycho. Yes, they are. But you can't help but love them. And they know that once they have you, they're like, we can do anything now. I know. It's the fact that she doesn't reciprocate my love that makes me want to give her more. (laughs) I completely get it. Um, my last question for you is if you could go back uh, to speak to Mariah, say, 10, 15 years ago, uh, before you began recording, before you'd begun traveling, you'd begun a music career, mm-hmm. what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? Ooh, I recently had that actually happen. I, I drove past a place where I experienced something really difficult as a 17-year-old And I just wept. I just cried for that girl. Like I had empathy for her really for the first time. Um, And I think, first of all, you should not speak to the younger version of yourself unless you have empathy for her or him. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, you can just say hurtful things to yourself. Um, I think I would tell the 17-year-old version of myself to... Let yourself, uh, how would I phrase this? Um, Maybe to allow yourself to enjoy your circumstances and, and take whatever measures you feel you can to keep yourself safe. Um, I think at that age, I felt like, I needed to hurry up and become an adult. And so I moved from California to Tennessee. I left all of my friends and family behind and moved into a community that I knew nothing about and knew no one in. Um, And I just kind of put myself out there. And and that's not to say that I regret taking risks, but um, I think that there were moments where I kept myself in isolation. I didn't connect with my family. I didn't connect with my friends because 
I felt like I just needed to be very hard on myself and rigid in order to grow up. And I'm, I mean, I definitely grew, but I don't think anyone ever has to feel the necessity to cut themselves off from people who love them and care about them um, just to prove a point to yourself. Um, it's important to lean on the people around you. It's important to allow yourself to miss people and to long for people. I think that's a really healthy thing to do. And I, I didn't necessarily allow myself to do it at that age. Let's keep this personal Since I feel insecure Turn up the stereo You're letting all the words I say hit the floor And won't you seek the sound the drink making you hear my heart but the beat and know my conversation with Mariah I felt like there was so much gold in there to to mine out and to learn from um, Mariah and I are similar in age and I love that she has accomplished so much she has pushed so much Mariah has essentially like followed in the lead of some iconic Christian women musicians people like Amy Grant People like Natalie Grant, Jackie Velasquez, people who have really forged the path and said females have something to give here. And the amazing thing about Mariah is that she is now being a trailblazer for Christian musicians now and the next generation. She's really setting females and young girls up to know that they can be bold and strong and powerful and love Jesus and sing about it and work equally with men. And that the Christian music industry doesn't have to be dominated by white males anymore. It can be a collective group effort. And that's what makes beautiful, transcendent, life-changing music. I love that about Mariah. I respect her greatly. And I'm so, so grateful that she took the time to open up to me. If you would like to connect with Mariah, you can do that in quite a few ways. You will find her on social media platforms at Mariah Smallbone. That is M-O-R. I-A-H and small bone as in small bone. You can also follow Trulla at T-R-A-L-A and find them at Trulla.com. If you head to Mariah's personal website, MariahSmallbone.com, you can find out all her details and you will have access to her webzine, Lead Lady. It is beautiful and well worth a follow. You can pick up any of Mariah's music from her old stuff as Mariah Peters to her new stuff to her new work with Trulla now. Just go find her on Spotify, on Apple Music, and you will love her. And while you are at it, please go and tell Mariah how much you appreciated hearing her story and how excited you are for her new music. As soon as it is out or we hear anything, we'll make sure that we share it with you in the podcast on our socials so that we are all onto it and can celebrate it. One of my favorite things about this podcast, and you know, I have many favorite things, I get very excited. We all know this. But one of my favorite things is how I've gotten to speak to so many influential, earth-shaking, powerful women in music. 
And that all looks different for different people. Some of them have this quiet presence about them. Some of them are super energetic. Some of them are like, they're just forces of nature. And and they all communicate their power and their grace and their dignity in different ways. And Mariah really just, for me, drove home how that's dignity and how that strength and how that deep inner knowing of who you are can really just not just transform a life, but can transcend music and can influence a culture and a generation and I'm I'm really grateful and privileged that we get to speak to people like Mariah and like some of the incredible friends that we have of this podcast who are vulnerable enough to talk about equality and mental illness and trauma Um, it is a profound privilege and it's it's really cool to sort of feel like as a as a female, I can stand shoulder to shoulder with them and, and share that and say, here is a platform. Please share your story. We want to hear it. It makes me really excited because every person's story is important and essential. But you know what? There are some voices that need to be amplified because for a long time they've been dulled down. Um, females in the Christian music industry are one of them. And Mariah is with grace and with strength and with class and with dignity is just smashing that to the ground. My words, not hers. Thank you guys again for joining me for this iconic episode. Episode 54. We're doing the thing. Oh, I'm so proud of us. Thank you for joining me. If you enjoyed what you heard today, would you do me a favor and consider sharing it with a friend? Just forward this episode onto them. Say, hey, I think you'll really like it. And while you're at it, go to your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe and go give us a star rating. It means that more people can hear the incredible stories and the voices behind the music that actually changes our lives. I would also love you to connect with us. You can find us on socials at Between You Me Pod. And just go online. You can also go at BetweenYouAndMePod.com for emails and suggest us artists, suggest topics, give us some feedback. So that is all we have for today. But I, you know what I think? I think it'd be really fun to give you guys an idea of what you can expect next week because next week we are speaking to one of probably the biggest musicians in Christian music today. I want you to think worship genre. I want you to think big church. I want you to think Josh Baldwin. Yes, Josh Baldwin from Bethel Church is our guest next week and I promise you I promise you, it is good. Josh speaks about finding common ground with people. And I loved it. I was so happily surprised. I didn't know what to expect, but it was so good. So make sure that you tune in for that next week, guys. Until then, or as always, my name never changes. I'm Jess. I'm your friend and I'm glad to be here with you. Thank you for joining me, for doing life with me. Here's to hope.
For listening to the Between You and Me podcast, stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to JesusWire.com. I'll keep my eyes on you.